Hey everybody, welcome to a special bonus episode of Up for Discussion. I'm Tom Zalatni. This is the show where we talk about the food that we like and eat and etc. And if this feels a little bit less formal than usual, it's because it is, because we're going kind of on the fly. I'm joined by my, uh, let's call a spade a spade, I'm joined by my co-host Matt Cole. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. I heard you refer to me as maybe your co-host in the episode you did with Kyle, and I was like, oh man, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's finally happening. Um, you are, of course, uh, a recurring guest usually and uh we're i mean people have read the title of this episode so i don't know why we're dancing around it we are here today to talk about the upcoming guy fieri tournament of champions 2021 uh and also to talk about the upcoming munch madness 2021 because they kind of feel a little bit related and uh because we want to hype up both of them um matt do you want to tell the folks at home what we're going to be doing uh, with regard to the first thing yeah definitely so we had sort of come up with the idea oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, like, hey, if Tournament of Champions comes back, how much fun would it be to do a watch-along podcast to the Guy Fieri Food Network competition show? And uh, here we are (laughs) doing that thing. (laughs) So, yeah, I think the game plan is uh, we're going to watch along with Food Network Tournament of Champions and we'll we'll do sort of an after show in the following days. Um, yeah, just talking about what happened in each episode of this Food Network competition show. <laughs> and what I don't know, I don't want to stake the claim that this is the first ever Food Network watch along podcast, but it has to be up there. It's gotta like, be. This cannot have happened that frequently, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's it. And uh, we're going to release those as bonus episodes here on the Up for Discussion feed. Uh, so it's not going to get in the way of regular episodes. You're just going to get double the content for a little while. And we figure, like, you know, we'll we'll maybe hypothesize what we might have done with the ingredients or the challenges for any given round and, you know, talk about who we want to win, that kind of thing, as you, you know, would expect from an after show for a Food Network competition show. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We've never done this before, but Tom and I have both stated on each other's podcasts that we are each other's Food Network friends. (laughs) Like, this is what we do, is talk about Food Network TV. Yeah. It is a a core pillar of our relationship. So I think that whatever this podcast is will be a good time in that sense. Exactly. Uh, So in light of that, uh, we're going to start the first part of today's show talking about the upcoming Tournament of Champions. And then in the second part, we'll talk about our upcoming Munch Madness tournament, which, of course, if you didn't tune in to Up for Discussion Munch Madness last year, uh, is our now annual uh, tournament where we pit different foods against each other to determine the champion week after week, uh, taking into account votes from hosts and guests and whatnot. Uh, It's uh, total nonsense. And uh, (laughs) I think this year's will be even more fun than last year's uh but before we get to that let's of course talk about the tournament of champions so guy fieri's tournament of champions is a i guess also now annual uh food cooking competition on the food network uh where guy pits 16 of the uh, best tv chefs against each other in a ridiculous tournament of food competitions that only guy fieri can produce uh with you know randomized challenges and whatnot um and uh, yeah we're gonna go through we're gonna look at who is competing in this year's tournament and uh, at the time of this recording they have not announced the last two players yet because uh, it sounds like they're doing a like play-in tournament for that uh, <laughs> so we're gonna also hypothesize about who we'd like to see in those last two slots so matt how about we go back and forth are you also looking at the 
dumb carousel of photos? Oh, of course I'm looking at the dumb Perfect. carousel of photos. <laughs> All right. So let's let's each take a turn introducing them one by one. Do you want to start? So the first chef is Amanda Freitag uh, on the East Coast side. And I think that she was one of the chefs last year who like sort of played to the level that her seed would have made you think that she would play to. Okay, this is wild that I'm going this in depth on a Food Network competition show, but like I feel like I think Amanda Freitag was sort of like mid-range. I think she was like a the third seeded in the East Coast last year. I don't remember. Anyway, I think that she played pretty well uh and I'm interested to see her come back because I think that she is one of the better Guy Fieri's bullshit competition show <laughs> chefs that there is on Food Network. Definitely. I think Amanda is extremely versatile. Uh, she's not like flashy like some of the others, but she like consists, she has a consistency to her that I think makes her like a really strong competitor in this thing. Yeah. There are a lot of chefs who are good at doing a thing, and then there are chefs who are good at competition cooking <laughs> and adapting to whatever that style is. And I think that Amanda Freitag is very much the latter. Exactly. Uh, next up on the list, we have Brian Voltaggio, also on the East Coast. Now, uh, listeners, uh, you probably have seen a lot more of Brian's brother, uh, Michael Voltaggio. Uh, it is Michael, right? The other one? I yeah. Think yep. that up. Yeah. <laughs> You've probably seen a lot more of Brian's brother, Michael Voltaggio, on TV because uh, he tends to be the one who uh, hangs out with Guy Fieri a lot more. Uh, Brian is uh, just as much a force to be reckoned with, though, and the two of them have created a bit of a restaurant empire together. Uh, he was not on last year's competition, I think. Michael was. Brian was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Brian uh, as part of this year's competition. Um, if only because I think that, you know, the things that I've seen Michael do make me super curious to see what he will come up with. Yeah. I'm very interested to see if Brian Voltaggio is as, like, unorthodoxly wild <laughs> as Michael Voltaggio is, or if he is more of a, like, straight shooter. Uh, so I'm definitely curious to see the the dichotomy of those two speaking of people who are wild do you want to get into the next person yeah definitely um christian petroni my dude from new york is back the most like brooklyn ass brooklyn italian uh to ever cook on food network i actually don't know if he's from brooklyn or if he's from one of the other parts of new york i don't know new york geography that well but he is one of the loudest personalities on food network and i think i would venture to say the best I'm going to use a dumb word, but the best new school Italian chef in the Food Network roster right now. Yeah. Um, And uh, every time he makes something that's like, he's like, this is a classic Italian dish. I'm like, it looks like you pulled that off Instagram. You can't call that classic Italian. Um, So I'm I'm really interested to see him come back because I think that he he like had a bad round and or went up against somebody who was like, I think he might have gone up against Manit. I don't remember, but I feel like he just got knocked out hard last year. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see him come back and do more weird Christian Petroni things. I just, yeah, like I don't really, I don't care if he wins or not. I just want him to be around as long as possible because he has such a charisma that like... I sort of feel like we started seeing a lot more of him after the passing of Carl Ruiz, and I feel like he is a light that we needed after that. <laughs> like yes. He, he brings this, like, ridiculous energy that, like, just just fills a, a hole in my heart, you know? Yeah. He, he really did 
get called up from like minor league food network to <laughs> help help fill that personality role yeah. that was left by Carl and he's done it very well. He has. Uh another person I'm super excited to see back again this year is Darnell Ferguson. Darnell was uh one of my top picks last year and uh didn't win, but um you know that's it's a hard competition that's going to happen uh, I love him I want to see him do really well uh, not just because he's real cute but also because uh, I feel like he kind of got robbed last year a little bit I don't remember who he got knocked out by but I remember distinctly feeling like he uh, deserved to be around a little bit longer so I, oh yes um, I specifically remember he left an ingredient off and I don't remember what that ingredient was but he like I have this image of him leaving something in a waffle iron oh. and getting getting busted on by the judges for having a good dish but not having a key ingredient. Right. Um, and so it very much was like he could take it all the way, but he he tripped. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him come back. <laughs> I also can like walk to one of his restaurants, which is exciting. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one is of exciting. The, one of the super chef locations is very close to us. So that's. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So our next competitor, uh, do you want to introduce him? Yeah, um, I will. I'm happy. I'm happy to introduce him. I don't know that I'm very familiar with him though. It's Madison Cohen um, or Cowan or I think it's Cohen. Uh, he was the first grand champion of Chopped uh, and co-stars in BBC America's travel series No Kitchen Required. I have not watched No Kitchen Required. I also don't know if I've ever seen him on Chopped. Yeah. But it, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, I'm also reading his Wikipedia page right now and noticing those two <laughs> facts about him. Uh, I, yeah, I know nothing about this guy, but I'm excited. I mean, if he was a grand champion on Chopped, then he's uh, got the chops to be on the show. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I think I might be reading on a site that appears to be only partially in English uh, oh. that he might have also been on Iron Chef but I'm not super sure about that is the site partially in English and partially in British because hey uh, next up <laughs> I'm real tired okay, Tom I'm real tired uh, <laughs> next up uh, so our next competitor is someone who I actually did not know existed until last year's tournament of champions where she kicked a whole lot of ass and uh, really charmed me and that is of course Medit Chohan who um, I actually got her new cookbook don't remember what it's called she has a great cookbook that's all about like indian street food that i would recommend checking out if you can find it by googling her and cookbook because i'm blanking on the name of it right now but she is fantastic and i'm really excited to see her back in this year's tournament i hope she does well yeah i really love manit um i'm sorry that my cat is going haywire that's background. Okay. he's so loud yeah no i am really excited to have manit back um i really like her atmosphere or her atmosphere is the wrong word like her energy as well um and she's just very fun to watch cook and is another one you know much like christian petroni like she is i think the best new school indian chef on the food network roster right now um and it's always just really fun to watch her come up with things and she does southern style cooking which i i really love and appreciate so yeah no, definitely. She's uh, she's exciting. I'm uh, I'm excited to have her back. I, I don't have anything to add to that. Do you want to do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah, yeah. The next one up is Mark Murphy, who is one of my favorite chefs on Food Network, and I don't I don't think that he did all that well last year, 
And I don't know that he'll do all that well this year because, like, he's just not the best wild competition chef. He's much more on the chopped side than the guy's grocery mm-hmm. game side of this bracket. And I think that Mark Murphy is, like, he is what you – he is what happens if you let a line cook become too powerful. Like, <laughs> Mark Mark Murphy is the final, the final form of a line cook, and I love it. Like, that's his cooking style and his attitude and, like, everything – um, I love watching Mark Murphy schluff around the Food Network kitchen cooking risotto in, like, shorts and slippers. It's just big Mark Murphy energy, and I'm excited to have him back at Tournament of Champions. <laughs> Me too. He uh, he definitely, he was someone who I had to warm up to just because he reminded me of someone I knew in real life and hated. <laughs> Oh, and no. so I came into like, I came into my relationship with Mark Murphy really like, it, he, he did not like... I had a bad first impression of him. And the more that I've watched him over the years, the more I've been like, oh, no, I like this guy. This guy's fun. He's he's like a little bit of a dork, but yep. in a kind of like confident way. I, I enjoy that. Uh, and of course, that rounds out our East Coast uh, side of the tournament. Um, and bringing us to the West Coast, the very first person is, of course, Aaron the Mayhem May, uh, who <laughs> I can't remember offhand if he was in last year's tournament, uh, but I love Aaron. I think uh, for his voice alone, there is no one with quite the timbre of this guy. Um, and I am just so excited to see what he brings to this competition because he is, to me, he's kind of a wild card. He competes and judges so much of guys grocery games that i feel like he understands how guy works a little bit better than a lot of these guys and uh i think that that will probably play to his advantage yeah i think you're right i also really like aaron may he is in a category of food chefs um that i refer to as people i would like to cook me a burger um (laughs) that category is aaron may bo mcmillan and eric greenspan sure Uh, those are the three dudes who i would like to cook me a burger and Anytime Aaron May competes in something, he always seems like it, it just seems like such controlled chaos and I love it. Like it's he he reminds me of the Tasmanian devil sure. in a little bit of a way. Uh but yeah, I'm excited to have him back. I like I think he was on last year. I don't really remember either, but I'm feeling kind of confident that he was on it last year. Yeah. Uh the next one on the list is the Warrior Princess Antonio Lafaso who is just very good at this, so I assume that she will do very well. Like, she is <laughs> she is S-tier Food Network chef. Yeah. Uh, so, always exciting to have her on Food Network TV. She's got a great personality, too. Um, she's got a lot of weird sexual tension with Christian Petroni, and that always makes me question things. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm really excited to have her back on, because uh, she is just very, very good at Guy Fieri's bullshit competition shows. I find it funny that you read that as sexual tension. I read it as like an almost like sibling-like relationship where they like, you know, jab at each other because they understand each other in a way that the others don't. I think that that is probably another way to read the same thing, you know? Like, (laughs) I'm sure that whatever that relationship is, is somewhere in there. Um, It's, they they could both exist, I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, next up on the West Coast is uh, a guy who uh, needs no introduction, Brian Malarkey. Uh, Brian Malarkey is a uh, regular also on a lot of Food Network stuff. And uh, I'm just going to say it. I don't like him that much. I think he's a little irritating. And I uh, hope he doesn't do well in this tournament. <laughs> just going to put it out there. <laughs> okay. I um, 
I don't really have a strong opinion, but I don't disagree. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, personally, one of my favorites from last year. I mean, the champion from mm-hmm. last year. Um, but favorites because I I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a bit of a crush on her. Sure, uh, it's Brooke Williamson, uh, who did win last year as kind of the dark horse and has gone on to like earn Food Network cred almost immediately. Uh, she is also the sponsor of, or a, a spokesperson for Made, maybe? I don't remember one of the uh, the fancy pans that gets advertised to me on my streaming services <laughs> very often. So I, I see her on commercials a lot. But um, yeah, she really surprised me last year. Uh, and I'm excited to see her come back and like defend the title and see if she is as dominant this year as last year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to see her do well, but I also want to see her get challenged a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, of course, the next person up on the West Coast is someone who v- may very well bring that challenge, and that is Iron Chef Kat Cora. Uh, Iron Chef Kat Cora is one of the first celebrity chefs that I was ever at all aware of, um, because I, I think she's been on TV for, like, forever. Like, she's one of the original Iron Chefs, right? I gotta be honest with you, I had not heard of Kat Cora until this list came out. Okay. Um, But I missed the Iron Chef era of Food Network. Sure, I came into Food Network a little later. Well, she, um, let's see, she was on seasons 1 to 10, yeah, so she's like, she was one of the first people that I saw competing on the Food Network at all, because that was around the time when I started watching it. Um, I you know, haven't really thought about her much in a while. <laughs> so when I saw her uh, appear on this list, I got really excited because I was like, oh, this is great. They're like, they're going back in the archives a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it keeps my dream alive uh, for one of the play in tournament people to be Bobby Flay. Um, <laughs> it keeps my, my longtime dream alive to get Bobby Flay and Guy Fieri on the same Food Network show. I don't think there's even any photos of the two of them in the same room. I'm not convinced they aren't the same person. <laughs> Uh, and I will not believe otherwise until I see them together. <laughs> All right, who's next? The next person on the list is uh, a returning competitor from last year, Jet Tila, um, who is, I don't remember his exact title, but like the best way to put it is objectively the best at cutting things with sharp knives on Food Network sure. or in the world. Like that is that is the Jet Tila world record, at least categorized in my brain. Um, and I think that he got knocked out a little early last year, like earlier than I expected him to. So I'm interested to see what he does this year. I, if memory serves, he went up against an, uh, Alex Guarnaschelli really early in the tournament and just got his ass handed to him. ICAG got eliminated in the first round last oh. year by Darnell. Oh, that's right. That was like the thing. But I think that you're right. I think he went up against Antonia. That might be or it. Yeah. Maybe Amanda. But yeah, somebody who just like kind of beat the hell out of him so (laughs) yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does this year i'm excited about that idea uh and last but certainly not least uh we talked about him a little bit earlier we alluded to his presence because uh it is none other than michael voltaggio brother of brian voltaggio uh michael voltaggio i think has the biggest like i cook in order to not do hard drugs energy out of anybody on the food network and (laughs) uh, i love him for it he reminds me of so many people that i know in real life because i live in montreal and uh i'm just so excited to see what he brings this year because i think that like while there might be people in this 
tournament who like understand Guy Fieri's brain a little bit better than him. I don't think that there's anyone who's quite as capable at looking at a bunch of bullshit on a table and coming up with a ridiculous way to use it and doing it in a way that's almost innovative every single time. Yeah, like there is no one who puts food Legos together quite in the same pattern (laughs) that Michael Voltaggio does. Uh, And I, I so agree with you. Like his, his, I have a cooking habit to kick my cocaine habit is such an energy that is insane um but i am always excited to see him on food network because it's like his brain moves more quickly than time does and (laughs) he pulls off weird things it's like you can't you can't make caviar out of milk chocolate michael voltaggio that's not that's not how that works uh and yet and yet there it is so i i just love watching him cook because it's always a wild ride. Yeah, that's it. To me, he feels like somebody who, like, when you give him a puzzle, rather than, like, put the puzzle together, like the other competitors, where they'll get random ingredients and be like, okay, this reminds me a little bit of this, but with slightly different ingredients, I'll roll with it. He looks at them and goes, what new thing can I create that no one has ever done before? And he, like, jams the puzzle pieces together and welds them and turns them into a statue, and it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I agree, and I'm excited to see it happen on Food Network Tournament of Champions, which we are not sponsored by no. yet. <laughs> we'll work on it. Um, Matt, uh, let's quickly talk about who we'd each like to see in those final spots. Maybe like a first and second choice each. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. I you got to give me a second to Google the name of the guy I really want. Sure. Uh, I've got mine but- locked and loaded, so while you Google, I will do mine. <laughs> Um, so my like top choice, I think, would be uh, Rashid Phillips. Now, Rashid Phillips uh, is a pretty new name to like food television. Uh, he was one of the, I think, the runner-up on the Netflix American Barbecue Championship or whatever that show was called. Uh, really lovely guy. Really like just came into that competition as an underdog who had never done any barbecue competition before and like really understood the prompts every single time and showed a real like beautiful understanding of how like food and fire relate to each other uh and i would love to see him come into this and just be on another show because i you know He's only done the one, and I would like to see more of him. Um, My other choice... (laughs) My other choice is Eric Greenspan, because I don't know why Eric Greenspan isn't in this. Yeah, I know. I I miss Greenspan from this list for sure. I always really like his cooking, so I'm kind of bummed he's not involved. Yeah. But, you know, I could see Eric Greenspan being on the uh, play-in tournament. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So I have two as well... One is the one I mentioned earlier and is the long ball, but man, I want Bobby Flay on this show. Like, yeah. you can't you can't go throwing around Food Network champion without involving Bobby Flay. Like there's there there's some law that has to be fulfilled that like he is the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't think that one of these last two is Bobby Flay, but boy howdy do I want it to be. Uh, and then the other one is a much more like sincere. I'd really like to see this guy spend more time on Food Network, and that's Christian Gill, who uh, is actually from Cincinnati, like right down the road, and he has been on a bunch of Food Network stuff. He's on Triple G a lot. I think they did a Triple D at his restaurant, 
Um, but he has also won Food Network's Ultimate Thanksgiving Challenge. Hair uh, guy. The guy with the yeah. hair. The guy with the hair. Yeah. The guy with the hair. Oh, that'd I, be lovely. Yeah, I love his cooking. I love his personality. Like, he... I love Darnell a lot, but when they brought Darnell in as, like, a a triple G chef, I was like, okay... If, if that's the gate we're opening, Christian Gill needs to be the next one. Uh, so I, I feel very strongly that Christian Gill should be on this show. Yeah. And that's who I hope is one of those last two. That would be wonderful. It's occurring to me that I also wanted to uh, give a little nomination to Jeff Morrow, who uh, hosts Kitchen Crash on the Food Network and also hosts The Kitchen. Um, Jeff is hella charming uh and i think doesn't really do competition shows he's more of a host but i think it would be really fun to see him thrown into that environment uh maybe go head to head with christian petroni and just kind of like yell at each other back and forth for a little while that's really interesting i am not a huge jeff morrow fan um i don't love him as a host (laughs) um but i get that (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think he's kind of irritating but i find it charming you know yeah, man. I mean, if, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, that that brings us through our Tournament of Champions portion. Uh, should we duck into Munch Madness real quick before we wrap up? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm i very excited. So you sent me the survey to fill out for Munch Madness a while ago mm-hmm. to, to give suggestions. And I didn't do it because I knew we had talked about doing this show and I didn't want to like... I didn't want to flood Munch Madness with my ideas for food, and I'm curious to hear what other people have put in. Sure, if, yeah. If this is the part of the show where you're going to announce some of those things. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. So so Munch Madness, obviously, uh, is uh, up for discussions, now annual food tournament where we pit different foods against each other week after week till we decide a winner. Um, usually, I make sure that there are three people on that episode so that we can not have tiebreakers because tiebreakers are annoying um and it's gonna you know vary there will be guests there will be recurring co-hosty type people from episode to episode Uh, and that's going to start on march 15th so we have a couple of normal episodes coming out first and then we're going to go into much madness from march 15th to uh april 19th looks like and so last year we had (laughs) kind of a crazy tournament where uh, i let people nominate uh i think each person got to nominate up to like 30 or 40 <laughs> different nominees and then I sat down for several hours and like typed them all into a spreadsheet and then like tabulated it and arranged everything alphabetically and counted things up and added and like it was a it was a nightmare to to put together and then I you know ran it all through a spreadsheet and figured out a you know a whole seating system and everything um I'm glad I'm not doing that exactly the same way this year because that sucked <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like way too much work. Way too much work. So uh, what I'm doing instead this year is uh, I'm taking the final four from last year and making them, you know, seeds one through four, because that makes sense to me. Uh, And then the other 12, uh, you know, competitors in this year's tournament are going to be the 12 that receive the most votes in this year's survey, which by the time you're listening to this, uh, the survey will be closed, Um, but uh, it's still up at the time of recording, I think. Um, So I'm not going to reveal who all of the competitors are yet. I'm going to go for, uh, you know, the few that we know for sure at the time of this recording, and uh, you can speculate as to who else will be there and find out on March 15th. Um, But uh, I guess I want to first talk about last year's Final Four and then give you a heads up about who a few of the other competitors are who I know are locked in for this year. Um, So last year, our champion was Pasta, 
which uh, makes a lot of sense because it's approachable and popular and delicious. Um, <laughs> and our runner-up last year was garlic. Uh, and I have had so many people tell me that that was kind of a, you know, an upset in terms of who won that final match because, like, garlic and, and pasta, I don't know, pasta is not as good without garlic. Yeah, I'm just, I was sitting here running through the, like, Rolodex of dishes in my head trying to think of, like, what's a good pasta dish that doesn't have a lot of garlic in it? And I couldn't really think of one. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, it really just doesn't make sense to me that garlic would lose, but um, it did. It's just kind of how it came out. Um, So I'm excited to see if those two, you know, make it far enough to go head-to-head again this year. Um, The two semifinalists, meanwhile, were pies, etc., and sandwiches, etc., which... um, this year I'm going to kind of try and reel things in a little bit so that the categories are uh, a little bit more specific. Um, but pies and sandwiches, you know, they're broad. You can make arguments for what counts as as one or the other. Um, but I thought it was fun that they both made it as far as they did because pies, I think, had to go up against like cheese in one round and only one out because the people in that episode were all lactose intolerant by accident. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really anybody's guess, you know? Yeah, that is really interesting. Like, pies is not... I like pie. I don't have a problem with pie, but that's not what I would put that far into the tournament. Right. But good for pies. That's exciting. Yeah, good for pies. I don't know if I think pies will make it nearly as far this year, but, you know, good for them for getting to the semifinals last year. Yeah, never count out pies. I am not surprised that sandwiches made it as far as they did. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, sandwiches, like... That's sandwiches sounds like what would be up against pasta. Yeah. Uh, that's two juggernaut things in the tier list. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the challenging things about this is that um each of these, you know, is a different type of thing, right? There's pasta that is like a dish. There's sandwiches that is, I guess pasta and sandwiches are, you know, the same kind of thing. But pies is a dessert and garlic is an ingredient. And that's kind of one of the like tricky things about this tournament is that like any given round, you might have two things that like are, you know, similar categories, or you might have something like garlic and pasta where, you know, one is objectively better with the other. And it creates like a real tension if the other, you know, wins. Yeah. It's, it's weird to try and compare those things that are so inherently different, you yeah. know? Um, but that's that's the dumb fun of it, right? Exactly. Like, that's the good time. That's it. Um, so those, those four being established, I want to share a few of the uh, leaders, I guess, of the survey at this point who will, I think, definitely be making it because, like... At the time of recording, we have like two or three days left of, you know, the survey being open. So I I think that that will cement who else gets brought in, but it won't, you know, kick off the people who have a massive lead right now. Um, so the competitors who are confirmed so far as being definitely part of Munch Madness 2021 are, uh, of course, returning competitor Cheese. Yeah, good. That makes sense. Um, the... Uh, I think oh I can't remember if this this competitor was in last year's tournament or not but pizza has a lot of votes right now as well. Um, that's another one that makes sense like that's a broad dish category. Yeah, I think so. Uh in a kind of surprising turn of events that's a bit of a, a twist on last year ramen has actually been getting a lot of votes this year which I think is exciting. Weird. 
<laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I will say that some of those votes, like I have consolidated this down a little bit, some of those votes were very specifically, one of those votes, I guess, was very specifically for um, one specific brand of ramen's flavor packet, but I kind of just, you know, combined those yeah, into one. That's that's, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I appreciate the detail and, you know, shout out to whoever that was who wrote that, but um, we're not getting too crazy with it. Um, and uh, another competitor who maybe is not too surprising is Rice, uh, that also has a fair number of votes. Yeah, Rice is good, but, like, Rice isn't a dish. Rice is almost more of an ingredient. Yeah. So that's that's a good one. That's in the garlic tier of, of powerhouse food items. That is... <laughs> going to be a really exciting bracket to work through <laughs> yeah um there are i think two more yeah there's no three more that are confirmed oh, four more there we go that are confirmed for uh this year's tournament uh in no particular order we have burgers good yep big fan <laughs> no complaints here dumplings interesting dumplings is like Dumplings is broad, but also very narrow. Yeah. Well, I think that I'm going to allow dumplings to also include things like empanadas and pierogies. Because, like, okay. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, those are... Pouches? Yeah, like pouched food. I will not allow it to include ravioli or tortellini or whichever one is the one that's stuffed, because that is a pasta. But, like, you know, something that, you know, that culture calls its version of a dumpling, I think counts as a dumpling, right? Is a green bean a pouched food? Is a green bean a dumpling? You're a bad person. Speaking of <laughs> things that sometimes have green beans in them, I guess, uh, mac and cheese is also a confirmed finalist. I have a lot of questions about green beans and mac and cheese, but I'm happy that mac and cheese is a confirmed finalist. Yeah, I, I guess I more mean, like, if mac and cheese can go so far as to include, like, a like a big ol' casserole. <laughs> Being real loose with it here. A casserole that both macaroni elbows and green beans are in does not make that casserole mac and cheese with green beans, Tom. <laughs> That's I don't not know. how that works. I don't know, man. I'm tired. Uh, and <laughs> the last of the current confirmed competitors is uh, sushi. Oh, interesting. I am not a sushi person, so that's... Hmm. That's my villain in this bracket. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, so far, honestly, all of these are fairly exciting to me. Um, I'm surprised at the utter lack of chicken on this list. Uh, there were a couple of nominations that were chicken dishes, but not, like, chicken broadly, and none of those chicken dishes had multiple nominations. But, you know, things like chicken wings and, like, um, chicken piccata, I think, um, Andrew nominated specifically Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington. Uh, you know, there. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm surprised there's not more meat-centric dishes on this year's list. Like, burgers is the only real meat representation we're getting here. Okay, I need to pause just for a minute and point out the the meat representation phrase that you just used. Oh, yeah. That's something. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I am shocked that Chicken Wings isn't on there. I have a hard time leveling with that because I think in every yearbook I got as a child in school when we all had to vote on like, oh, what's your favorite things? Every year the favorite food was either pizza or chicken wings. Right. So it's very strange to me that chicken wings isn't on that list. Yeah. I mean, and it still might be, right? Like these are the 12, uh, you know, the eight that I just read plus the four from last year are the 12 that are confirmed so far at the time of this recording. And by the time that the tournament starts, there will be four more competitors. So there's a decent chance the chicken wings will make that list. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, just so surprised uh, at how like 
really, I guess, carb-heavy this year's tournament is. And you know what? Maybe I'm not that surprised because this is a year where we need comfort. It's true. This has been a very carb-heavy year, and I have felt zero guilt about that. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if kind of subconsciously for a lot of people, things like cheese and bread-based things and noodle-based things and stuff that really fill you up are kind of at the forefront of their minds this year because we've been in a pandemic since, uh, fun fact, halfway through last year's Munch Madness. Like the last, yeah. e- the last time I had someone in my studio who was not myself or a member of my family, it was Billy F. on last year's, uh, I think, third or fourth, maybe even second Munch Madness episode. Um, and no one has been allowed in here since. I know, creeping towards the one-year mark of this pandemic is is an incredibly sobering realization but i will agree that i think everything on the list so far not counting the four from last year i mean counting the four from last year but it's not what i mean excluding sushi and ramen i would say are probably the six foods i have eaten most right or i have eaten them more this year than i ever have in the past like i I think that you said you would put pierogies in with dumplings and I grew up in Pittsburgh, which is like the, the homeland of the pierogi in America. (laughs) Um, And I've never eaten more pierogies than I have this year. (laughs) Cause it's so easy for Maddie and I to be like, ah, you want to just like pierogies, pierogies are easy pierogies. (laughs) Um, So I've, I've had so many more pierogies this year than I usually do. And I, if I would have looked at that list to vote, I might have put a a a vote in the pierogi pile. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like I, when I think about like you know, I didn't vote in this year's uh, tournament either. And like, yeah, things like pierogies, things like um, soup. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of soup. Uh, there there were some soups uh, nominated, but they were specific soups and none of them got multiple nominations. Um, so depending on how things go, I might just make a broad category for soup and slot them all together. Um, but like, yeah, soups, I would have put in here a little bit more. Uh, I would have put in like warm, like fresh baked bread as something that, you know, felt important this year. Uh, (laughs) honestly more meats. I'm really just like floored at how few meats are on this list. Honestly. Yeah. I'm surprised that there's no meat or less. Let me rephrase that. I am surprised that, uh, we lack in meat representation, but I'm (laughs) also surprised you're welcome that there's not a good, like breakfast item on this list. Uh, I've eaten a lot of breakfast this year and, or I've like had the reason to get up and make breakfast a lot this year. So I'm surprised that eggs or bacon or pancakes or waffles or any of that hasn't made it onto this list. Yeah, that's it. You know what? I made an executive decision just now while we were talking about this. Um, I've been saying that the survey will be closed by the time this episode drops, but you know what? I'm going to keep the survey open for a couple more days so that people listening to this who are like having last minute nomination ideas have a chance to make last minute nominations because it feels silly because I chose an end date for the survey really arbitrarily in the first place. And I don't need to be married to that arbitrary decision. So you know what, listener, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, damn it, I wish I had nominated something, maybe something that represents meat a little bit, um, hit the survey link in the description and go make your nominations. Uh, I'm going to say you've got like 72 hours from the time that this episode drops. Nice. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. 
so there we go. Those are those are the twelve current uh, confirmed competitors for this year's Munch Madness tournament, uh, and of course the uh, fourteen current confirmed competitors for this year's Tournament of Champions on the Food Network. I've been Tom Zalatni. I've been Matt Cole. And uh, this has been Up for Discussion, a special bonus episode. Uh, it's important to note, when we do Munge Madness, those will be in the regular episode slot on Monday mornings, and the Tournament of Champions recap episodes will be a different day of the week as a bonus thing. They will be clearly marked as such, and uh, it, it's exciting. Look forward to them. I'm, I'm looking forward to both of these a lot. Yeah, I'm really excited to be going on this weird adventure of doing a Guy Fieri watch along podcast um, but also to get on a Munch Madness or two and um, yeah really hack through some of this food debate yeah I'm excited I think it should be a lot of fun uh, do you have anything you want people to check out in the you know near future that I can link to this is how uh, I say plugs now I guess yeah great perfect plugs um, I mean if you haven't heard me on the show before and haven't been interested in checking out one of my podcasts you can check out debate this um at debate this cast on all the social medias uh it's a podcast i do with some other friends where we talk about dumb questions with comic books and video games um and i don't know when this episode comes out versus when our episode comes out but the last thing we talked about is which early 2000s era flash game should be made into a streaming series and it was very good and fun and i had a very good time so it's a really good episode that's either come out already or will be coming out soon to a podcast app near you i love that that sounds like uh yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm very into that. In uh, in terms of my own plugs, obviously, uh, hit all the stuff in the description of this episode, as usual. Um, and then also, uh, <laughs> a new thing that is going on since the last time that I released an episode is that I am currently doing an Indiegogo campaign uh, to raise money to buy a new computer for the studio, because the one that I am currently recording on is on its last legs, to the point where every time it boots up, I breathe a sigh of relief. Um, so uh, at the time of recording, uh, I'm for 48 hours into the campaign and have already raised uh, over $800, which is incredible. Uh, so shout out to people who have donated already. You are uh, really, really encouraging me this week. Um, but I still have a ways to go. And I also have some really, really great stretch goals planned for when I inevitably hit the goal because it's been 48 hours into a 60 day campaign. And I'm like almost halfway there. Um, so yeah, uh, click that Indiegogo link. There's a lot of great perks available to people who donate, and uh, it's going to go a long way toward, uh, one, helping me keep this show going for a very, very long time, and two, uh, you know, my main goal includes uh, a bit of budget for transcription services so that, you know, the deaf and hard of hearing can listen to podcasts on our network, and my stretch goals also include things that will help the wider community. So, uh, donate! <laughs> So Donate to time. Tom's Indiegogo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, that is it for this bonus episode of Up for Discussion. Uh, if you liked it, you know, make sure you're subscribed on whatever you're listening on. Uh, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Do the social media things at Down With Talking. Follow me at Tom Zalatni and Matt at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. Yeah, wow, you got it. I'm impressed. Perfect. Uh, remember to check out Natural Toonie, my D&D podcast, and Debate This, Matt's video game podcast. And have a lovely day, week, month, or year. And uh, wear your masks and, you know, all cops are bastards. See you soon. Bye. you understand. Just take
Multiverse theory, corgis, queer representation, accent, angels, demons, squirrels, moose, moose and squirrels, sorcerers, dinosaurs, forests, giants, rogues, warlocks, plains, sewers, lavender, natural toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. <laughs> What Mega Man boss would make the most terrifying kaiju? I, for one, want to be the first to welcome our new kaiju overlords. How would Adam Sandler fit in the MCU? I injected myself with the Green Goblin serum. Oh! Debate This is a podcast that asks the questions about your favorite video games and comics that no one is asking. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you download podcasts. And on social media at Debate This Case. None of it's that so is mind control. Though. It's so close. It's not it's, so close. It, it,